0: That our hearts are are driven by one desire, and that is to know God and and to love him out of the love that he has shown to us as a response and as a result. To answer what he has done for us with our with our worship to him. So we've been going on and on and getting crazy and goofy about Love Live and all that and and having a lot of fun with it um, and risking your injury by spreading those cards all over the floor, right? Saw a couple of people slip, throw their backs out. It's okay. It's worth it. All right. Um, so we've been getting a little goofy with that, and, and we're excited about it. Obviously, you can tell that we're we're really hyped up about it. It's going to be a great time. But here's the thing about that night. Okay. Here's the thing about about why we're doing that. This. We we sat down and we. Asked ourselves, okay, what is the purpose of what we're doing? What, what is the reason for this night? And it, and it came back to one thing. It's not a promotional event for this church, okay? It's, it's not just like a fun opportunity for us to get together, which that will be it. It's not just about recording something. It's, it's not any of those things. The thing that it comes back to and the purpose of that night, the one thing that we're setting out to do in that night, is to focus our hearts, to lock our eyes, our hearts, our minds on our one desire. And to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, because we believe, number one, he is worthy of that. He is full of glory and he is worthy of that. And we also believe in what he said, that as he is lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. And we want to see that happen in this community. And so that's what we're getting together to do. That is the purpose of that night. We want you to bring somebody. We want you to come. We want you maybe to bring someone who who hasn't um, been to Love Chapel Hill before. And that would be great if they came and and they enjoyed it and they wanted to be a part of this community. That's going to be wonderful. We're going to have a time in there where we are going to present the truth of the gospel. And so bring people that need to hear that. But the ultimate goal of that night the ultimate thing that the whole night is about is is focus is to focus our hearts on this one desire that we have to turn our hearts toward christ to take time out to be here to sit in his presence to lift up his name and to give all that we have to him and that's what that's what it's going to be about we want you to come and to be a part of that Here's another thing we're going to invite you to do. OK, absolutely go out and, and do the cards and, and, and post it on, uh, you know, social media and all that. We want you to, to do that. But there's another thing we're going to ask you to join us in for this. OK, and that is tomorrow we're going to invite you to give up one meal out of the day and to take that time when you would normally be doing that and to take that time to set it aside and to fast and to pray, and to pray for focus. This is what we want to do, to fast for focus, okay? And, and pray that we would, would see God in the way that he wants to reveal himself to us through this night. And, and we really do feel like this is going to be a great night for our church. And as we look towards the future of, the, of our church, this could be a catalytic moment for us as God reveals himself to us, as we come and as we focus. So join us in that tomorrow. We invite you to do that, challenge you to do that, to fast for focus with us, and, um, and we'll be joined in that. That will be really a, a cool thing as, as we are joined together up in that. So that's, that's what that's about, and um, we're really just thrilled and really excited about what God's going to do that night. Father, thank you for who you are. And for the fact that it that it does stir up in us this passion and this excitement to be in your presence. We know that we are constantly walking in your presence and your presence is constantly alive inside of us. And that with every step we take. The kingdom is alive through us as you live through us. And we're we're excited about this night together and we pray God as we do fast together as we pray for it as we look forward with anticipation and expectation for what you're going to do um i just pray you would give us that focus lock our eyes lock our hearts lock our minds in on you so your name we pray amen. amen um so in my years of being a substitute teacher and a youth pastor And working at camps with high school students. I've had a lot of exposure to high school students, and I am continually amazed at the fact uh, uh, that I have to actually verbalize certain things that you would never think you'd have to actually say to a human being. Okay? But with high school students, you actually have to spell this out. OK, I'm amazed at that recently when I was substitute teaching, I actually had to dispense this wisdom and advice to a student. I said to a student and I quote, hey, next time, let's store your money someplace other than a Doritos bag. <laughs> context is everything, but I'm not going to give you the context for that. All right. I can't believe I actually had to say that to a person, okay, and when I was a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for five years in Indianapolis, Indiana, and there was one student in that group that was like that student, you know who I'm talking about, right, you know exactly what I mean, some of you might have been that student in your youth groups, okay, but but this was the guy that more than anyone else I had to actually spell these things out. And I had to think ahead, be one step ahead of him and say, "Hey, I'm sure it goes without saying, but let me just say anyway, okay?" His name was Chris Bill and he was he's an amazing kid. We still keep in touch and um He was just just a character, right? To the point that the rest of the youth group actually gave him this name. He no longer went by Chris Bill. He was simply known as The Bill, okay? That kind of huge personality, all right? And and, and so with Chris, I had to do this uh, several times. Like, for instance, I had to say, "Um, Chris, no, no, we do not smoke cigars on the church van, okay? (laughs) No. 16-year-old trying to smoke a cigar on the church van, Okay. (laughs) I had to say, um, yeah, Chris, no, uh, we we highly discourage um, the engagement in uh, high dollar gambling while on a youth group ski trip. Okay, (laughs) had to say that. Um, And when it came time for Chris to get baptized, which was a, a beautiful moment in his life and for us as a church and as a youth group. Um, There were some things that I had to really spell out for Chris and I had to say no Chris I know you want to do this but you can't wear your fishing waders to get baptized in and no you can't wear your scuba outfit to get (laughs) baptized as hilarious as that would be um, it would probably take away from the moment so no you can't do that okay so when it came time for Chris to get baptized um, I really prepped him for like two weeks man we met together a lot just to make sure things went okay And there was a time when we were going to be doing his baptism where he would have the opportunity to give his testimony. I knew that was like just, you know, loose cannon and the bill and the mic are not a good combination together. Right. So I was going to coach him through this. Right. And so instead of just giving him free reign, I was going to ask him questions And then he would respond to each question. We practiced this. We went through it. All right, and all seemed like it was going to be okay. So we got there, and uh, Chris gets into the. You know, we get in there to be baptized, and the whole church is there. It's it's great, exciting moment. And I start off by saying, "Okay, Chris, I'm going to ask you a few questions." And uh, I saw this glimmer in his eye, and this smirk on his face and a terror in my heart. (laughs) And Chris leans into the mic and says, make it multiple choice. I was like, okay, all right. (laughs) So, first question, Chris, why is it that you want to be baptized uh, in this church today? And he answered, total loose cannon, not what we practiced. He said, because the Catholic Church kicked me out for selling cigarettes in the parking lot. (laughs) OK, not sure if that was youth pastor or like papal excommunication, but could have been either one. I'm not sure. Um, so within the moment comes for Chris to be baptized. And as chaotic as it was and as crazy as it was, everything changed in this moment when we actually got to the part about Chris being baptized. And I knew as much as he was joking, it was what was happening. In his heart. And so Chris goes under the water. And as he goes under the water. And the water covers him. And in the water. Everything. The sound of the sanctuary of course. Is muted as you're going under the water. And as Chris came back up. As he broke the surface of that water. And came back up. What he and I heard. Up there. Took our breath away. Both of us. As that church gathered around him literally erupted into applause. I mean, it was like thunderous applause. His youth group stood to their feet and applauded him as he came up out of the water. And that church, people that most of them are were worried about what he was going to do next, applauded him. And you could just see it on his face, and I felt it in my heart. It was an amazing moment as that happened. This was a kid who had literally been rejected In every group that he had ever tried to be a part of over and over again faced that rejection. And now he found a place where they were cheering for him, not where he was invisible, but where they were standing on their feet. They were clapping for him. And it was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And that gives us somewhat of a picture. I still remember that of what baptism is and of what happens in baptism and in the story that we're going to look at today. Baptism is absolutely this proclamation that we make of a stand that we are taking. But also in baptism, we are being marked with a new identity. And there is this eruption of thunderous applause firing back and forth between father, spirit and son. As father, spirit and son, God himself not only says, I hear you saying that you want to be that, you you know, you are claiming me. But now I am claiming you as well. And God speaks this word of affirmation and this word of new identity over us. And it's a breathtaking thing that God marks us with his identity in the act of baptism. It's a beautiful thing. This morning, we're going to look at the story of Jesus's baptism. It's found in Matthew chapter three. We're going to look at verses 13 through 17. And as we get ready to look at this, here's a, little, here's a little background of what's going on and of where we are headed together. First of all, we are in the first Sunday of the Christian season of Lent. Okay, Lent is a 40-day season that starts on Ash Wednesday, which was this past Wednesday, and runs all the way through Easter. And during this time in the Christian year, it's a time of preparation for our hearts. As we begin to make this journey with Jesus towards the cross, as the cross of Good Friday starts to come into view and the resurrection of Easter Sunday starts to come into view, we are making this downward journey with Jesus towards the cross. This is the part in the story where the plot begins to thicken, where traitors begin to whisper, when you can sense that something is turning. When you can sense that something is turning and we are headed for A major moment. There's a sense of transition. And so we begin to prepare our hearts as we draw near to the cross. Over the next three weeks in preparation for that, we're going to look at three moments in the life of Jesus that were preparing him for his journey to the cross. And we're going to participate in that with him. So the first is this moment of his baptism. The next next Sunday, we're going to look at Jesus in the desert And this moment of of preparation, 40 days that he spent in the desert preparing for his ministry and his mission in the world. And then the last is Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration, where from that moment, he literally turns his face towards the cross and he begins to make his downward descent towards the cross. So we're going to follow this through the life of Jesus in the next few weeks, starting right here with his baptism. Verse 13, chapter three book of Matthew. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so. Now it is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water at that moment. Heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So a couple of things that we see happening here. First of all, Jesus comes to John to be baptized. At this point, John the Baptist's ministry is is really at its high point, okay, People are coming from everywhere out to the Jordan River to be baptized by John and to hear what John has to say. And John is preaching this ministry of repent because the kingdom of God is near. Okay, so people are coming to see what John is up to. People are being baptized and his ministry is really just hitting this high point. Okay, and and there's all kind of buzz around what he is doing. And now Jesus himself comes to be baptized by John. The role of John the Baptist was to prepare the way for the arrival of Jesus. And here is this incredible transitional moment where Jesus arrives and he comes to John. and He says, I want you to baptize me. OK, here's what goes on in baptism and what baptism is about. It is this proclamation that we make that says, I am claiming Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I'm acknowledging the work that he did through his life, through his death through his resurrection, and the fact that he is alive in me. And I am saying to the world, I have been cleansed of my sins. I've been forgiven of my sins, and I'm embracing Christ, and I am following Christ from this point on. And it's this beautiful moment. There's all kind of symbolism that's going on here with the water there's a lot of Old Testament history that's coming into place. So there's the symbolism of when God rescues Noah and his family um, from the flood. There's the, there's the symbolism of Moses uh, uh, crossing the Red Sea, the Red Sea being split open so that uh, um, the Israelites can follow Moses across. And, and so this, this imagery of God rescuing his people, God saving his people. And the same is at work in the waters of baptism for us today. Is that imagery, but the strongest imagery that's at work, along with the water washing us clean, the forgiveness of sins and the the newness of life that comes with that. The strongest imagery is through the life of Jesus himself. So as Jesus comes into the water to be baptized, obviously he doesn't need to be saved. He doesn't need to be cleansed of his sins because Jesus was without sin. But what Jesus is doing in this moment for one, he's giving us a glimpse of what his ministry is going to be about and about what he has come to do. And he's giving us a glimpse of what he is drawing us into as we take on his identity, as we come into life in Christ. And here's the big picture of baptism. As we are taken under the water, it is a symbolism of being buried. It's a symbolism of death, that the old us full of sin is being buried in the water. And so as Jesus is being baptized, it's the symbolism that he has come to take on our sin. Even though he is without sin, he takes our sin on himself and he is buried, put to death and laid in the grave. But as he's laid in the grave, he is also raised back up in resurrection to brand new life. So that we are forgiven of our sins. But we are also given a brand new life. And given freedom in this life. And so the same thing is happening. When you and I. Go through this physical act. Of baptism. It's a physical act. That speaks to the spiritual act. That's happening within us. That we are buried like Christ. To our old selves. That we are our sin is buried in the deep. but We are raised up taking part in the resurrection of Jesus Christ as his new life fills us and it wells up inside of us. So this is what's happening in this act of baptism. And that's why Jesus participated in it himself. It's why we still participate in baptism in the Protestant church. We have two things that we refer to as sacraments, and that would be baptism and communion. Okay, the Lord's Supper. And we participate in those two things still because Jesus himself set the model for those things. And so we participate in them. And these are sacraments. They are, they are a visible thing to show us what is happening inside of us. So we're baptized and we're, we're raised, dripping, soaked in the grace that God has for us. As we take the bread and we take the cup, we're also participating and and remembering the death and the sacrifice of Jesus. So that's what's going on there. OK, cool. So this is why Jesus came to be baptized. And that's what baptized, That's what baptism is about. That's a really interesting thing that happens here. John, height of his ministry. Jesus shows up to be baptized. John knows who he is. And this is like huge opportunity for John's ministry. OK, huge opportunity for John's ministry. But John responds in in, in kind of a puzzling way. He wants to refuse Jesus being baptized, right? It's crazy. What a huge opportunity and promotional moment, right, for John. But no, he he wants to push it away. And he resists this. Why? Why? It's out of humility. Because he knows who Jesus is. And he recognizes who Jesus is. And John recognizes who he is in light of that. And he says, I am in no way worthy to baptize you. Would you please baptize me? This is a beautiful act of humility. And this shift of humility is what the season of Lent is about. It's what it's about. Lent is about focus. It's about putting our focus on Christ, about shifting it away from ourselves and putting it on him. It's about recognizing our own frailty and in turn, recognizing his great strength. Have you ever wondered why it's called Ash Wednesday or why they put the mark of the cross on your forehead in ashes? Have you wondered about that? It's because it's this statement of our frailty. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We are frail. We are fleeting. But Christ is strong. Christ is eternal We are ashes and dust. He flung the stars. That's what that's about. And John, this is alive in him. As in this act of humility, he says, no, no, no. I I shouldn't baptize you. You should baptize me. And this is really the banner of John's ministry. It's a beautiful thing to see that John does the very difficult act of stepping aside. So hard for us to do. We want to be in the center of it all. We want for it to be about us and for everything to, to just revolve around us. But John steps out of the center and says, it's not about me, it's about you. And the banner of John the Baptist is this beautiful statement that he makes where he says, he must increase, I must decrease. He must become more, I must become less. And that is the shift that Lent invites us into. It's this idea of Christ becoming more in our lives and us decreasing. It's beautiful in the life of John the Baptist. So when Jesus shows up in another place, it records that John says to his disciples, that's the one we've all been waiting for. Go follow him. And John literally gives his ministry away to Jesus, gives it away. And then John fades into the background. After Jesus' baptism by John, we see very little about him. We see him in prison getting ready to die. John disappears when Jesus shows up. And that is what Lent is about. It's a shift away from us onto Christ. And that's what that's about. The last piece of this story here is the actual baptism Of Jesus himself. And as John again in humility. First resists out of humility. And then when Jesus says no this is God's will. We have to do this. Then John consents out of humility. As well. And goes through with it. Baptizes Jesus and in that moment it says. That the Holy Spirit descends over Jesus. And the voice of the Father speaks out of heaven. And we have this incredible moment. Where we have Father, Spirit, Son. Spelled out for us. Right there in, in in this in this picture and the father speaks over Jesus, these incredible words. This is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Beautiful, beautiful. But take note of when this happens in Jesus's life. It's not at the end. It's not after. The miracles, it's not after the preaching, it's not after the cross, it's not after the resurrection. It's not a a message of reward, of saying, good job, Jesus, you did everything I wanted you to do. I love you and I'm pleased with you. No, it starts before anything else. After this, you see Jesus beginning to preach and beginning to heal people. But this comes before all of it. It's the identity of Jesus that initiates everything else that he does. This is not a completion of his ministry or a capstone. This is the initiation. This is the commencement. This is not the end. This is the beginning. And God speaks that over him from the very beginning before he even begins his ministry. Here's the thing that we have to understand that we can draw from this for ourselves as we are being drawn into the identity of christ as we take on his identity god speaks this over us as well you are my son you are my daughter i love you and with you i am well pleased we don't get that message spoken over us as a reward we don't get that message spoken over us as something that we earn it's not the result of our obedience okay Don't get me wrong. God calls for your obedience. God calls for your surrender and demands your submission. And he says, follow me. But your obedience doesn't earn that for you. Your obedience flows out of that. You get that? Don't get those mixed up. It's not that your obedience produces this identity as God's beloved child. And the one that he's pleased with. No, that's your that's your identity and your obedience flows out of that. Don't get those two mixed up. If you do, if you get that backwards, if you get that confused, then I'm telling you right now. That you will live a twisted and a torturous shadow of Christianity, and you will be a slave to fear and performance. And you will be a stranger to. To joy and assurance. Don't get those mixed up. Your identity in Christ is not something that you live up to. It's something that you live out of. It's something that comes first. He speaks this over you. And he says this is the truth of who you are. And now your obedience flows out of that. Your surrender flows out of that. Your submission flows out of that. It's his grace of speaking that over us that makes the rest of that even possible. That's the truth of the life of Jesus. This is what baptism is about. It's a proclamation that we make that we say, I will follow Jesus Christ. It's an act that we participate in that says I am being buried in my, my old sin is being buried in the grave and I'm being resurrected with Christ. His resurrection life is alive inside of me and it's the father and the spirit and the sun breaking into applause over us, saying, you are mine. You are mine. We are pleased with you. This is your identity. And this is who you are. It's this moment of baptism that prepares Jesus for everything that comes after this. And as he goes into the desert and he's tempted, you don't think these words of God are echoing in his head and he's remembering Who he is as the devil tempts him and says, if you're really the son of God, if you're really the Messiah, then do this. And he says, I don't need to because I already know who I am because those words are still ringing in my ear as he goes up on the mountaintop and he prepares for the descent going to the cross. He says, I can do this. There is courage that wells up because of the truth of who I am. I am the son of the father. The spirit is with me. I am one with them. And those words are echoing in his head and in his heart. And it's what gives him that is what, what the rest of his life flows out of. This is it. This is your identity. This is who you are in Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you guys. If you have not been baptized, then we would love to be a part of that with you. We'd love to have that happen. We would love to celebrate that with you. We would love to be the church that stands around you and erupts in applause as you come back up out of that water. Um, if that's something that you'd be interested in, come and contact us. You can email me, MattLoveChapelHill.com. That'd be great. And we could talk through what that means and how we can make that happen. Okay? This is your identity. This is who you are. The Father speaks that over you. The Spirit speaks that over Over you, the son speaks that over you. You are brought into their identity and that is who you are. Father, thank you as we prepare to make this journey with you towards the cross. As we get ready to walk that difficult road with you, we know that we can go through the desert. We know that we can begin to descend the mountain because these words will be ringing in our hearts. The identity of who we are. And it will give us the strength that this is not something that we have to live up to. It's something that we live out of. It is the deepest truth about us. It is the truth that goes further back and deeper down than anything else about us. I Pray you would help us to remember that. To let that hang over us. As we make this journey with you. It's your name we pray. Amen.